What is up? This is Zanero, and welcome back to Side PCs, the only podcast that has the audacity to blame you for everything that went wrong in your relationship. There's always been some sort of matchmaker, some sort of function or service of matchmaking, um, even though the purposes of it have changed over time, right? Because like marriage now is about love and your soulmate and all these things, finding everything you need in one person, as opposed to back in the day, it was more transactional. But there was always some sort of matchmaker. That's not a new thing. It's from biblical times. And by definition, a matchmaker arranges unions or marriages and or makes a romantic introduction. The idea being that you get some people together that have similar interests, similar goals, and then the magic just happens automatically. And similar goals definitely, similar goals and interests is a great starting point, but it doesn't guarantee anything. Um, I'm thinking specifically of a woman that I share a lot of similar goals and interests with, and I can't stand her, and I'm sure the feeling is mutual. But on paper, we match. Today, matchmakers are big business, huge business. There's a lot of money to be made in that space. The matchmaker for the millionaires is charging a very high fee. Side note, that shows even financially well-off people are struggling in the area. Money didn't fix it. The rest of us, the matchmaking's being done by friends and apps these days. Dating apps is a business. The money that they're generating is astronomical. And they follow business models, right? They're looking at profit, growth, and penetration. Not that kind of penetration. We're going to get into that a little bit later. Um, the profit aspect of a business is first and foremost. Businesses exist to make money, whether or not they actually solve the problems that they state. The most important thing in a business is to generate a profit. For example, whichever phone you have right now, they're working on the new version of that phone, and overwhelmingly, it will not be very different than the one that you have in your hand right now. Your smartphone problems, I'm doing the air quotes, has already been solved. But they're hoping that they can entice you into buying the new one for really no reason. You're a customer and they want you to act like one. I'm kind of drawn on what I know about business, three popular dating apps in this book. The apps are eHarmony, Bumble, and Tinder. The book is Weapons of Math Destruction by Kathy O'Neill. Businesses strive to make the largest profit possible. And thus they employ anything and everything to achieve that end. So they've had scientists on board, psychologists, data collection, the list goes on. And all of that to build an ecosystem to keep you in the ecosystem. They want you inside of their moat. You're inside of the moat. You're less likely to leave only because of the inconvenience of leaving. And the dating apps are probably a bigger business than, than many of you realize. It's absolutely huge. I started counting just different dating apps that existed and I stopped at 36 and I hadn't even found the farmer one on there yet. What is the saying? There's, there's riches and niches. They cover as much ground as possible. If the category is deemed profitable, there's definitely going to be an app created if there isn't already one. Most of the apps have a freemium type model. You can be on there for free or you can pay and get a little extra this and a little extra that. 
Tinder is killing it with the freemium model. Even if you don't pay, you're still valuable as a customer because there's a market out there for your browsing habits. They're raking in the money off of you, whether you're freemium or you're a paying member. There's a way to monetize your eyes, your attention on their apps. So let's look at the money. What would be your guess if I asked you to tell me how much money eHarmony, Bumble, and Tinder made last year? You're probably going to guess low for the Tinder one for sure. Statista.com is where I got this information, but they said that eHarmony had about 370,000 members and made $16 million in 2022. Bumble pulled in $694 million in 2022 tinder came in like godzilla with 1.79 billion with a b last year which is just wild to me and they had just over half a billion users tinder and bubble are number one and two respectively and eHarmony didn't even make the top 10 dig a little deeper and you'll find out that tinder is actually a part of match group which match group owns Match.com, OkCupid, Hinge, Plenty of Fish, Our Time, and a lot more. It's basically an internet and tech group that's headquartered out of Dallas, Texas. Match Group, if it's an app that you know, probably Match Group owns it. As a matter of fact, I think Bumble is the only big one that Match Group doesn't own. And you can rest assured that they are either trying to buy it or clone it as we speak. This market is huge. And let's let's talk about penetration now. So penetration, uh, by definition, is this is straight from Wikipedia. Market market penetration. This is straight from Wikipedia. Market penetration is the successful selling of a good or service in a specific market, measured by the amount of sales volume of an existing good or service compared to the total market for said goods and services. To clear it up, the specific market is single and looking. According to a Pew Research study, half of the singles out there are not looking. They don't give a shit. They're not worried about it. They don't care. They've given up, whatever. So the specific market is single and looking, and the specific product is other singles. Not necessarily a long-term committed relationship, not necessarily sex, not really anything. The specific product is, here's a bunch of other singles to look at. Ideally, they are looking for the same thing, but maybe they're not. There's lots of fuckboys and city girls on these apps, all the apps, even the religious theme ones. And as far as I know, eHarmony is the only one that is specifically trying to marry you off. Arguably, I haven't been on any of the religious theme ones. You would think that they would be too, but none of them are as big as eHarmony. You are part of what makes these apps work. The fact that you're there adds to their overall numbers, which makes them more appealing to somebody that's looking. They don't want to go to some obscure app with nobody on it, which is why Facebook dating really never took off like they thought it would. There's also the unspoken notion that the app have so many users that your prince or princess is on there. You just got to keep swiping. It feeds into that soulmate uh, fantasy quite well. Also adds to the gamification 
part of romance. You're looking, you're looking, you're looking. Eventually, you will find what you're looking for. You just have to keep looking. Even if what you're looking for is just sex or whatever. Many are comforted by the fact that it's some sort of technological thing. It's science. We live in a tech age. We like tech answers for the problems that we have. There's a lot of research that's been done. There's a lot of science, particularly psychology, that's gone into analyzing romantic relationships and how they last and why they fall apart. But it's not the be-all, end-all at this point. We're not to the point where we can throw out a formula and say, do these things, guaranteed you'll have success in relationships. Tinder is killing it because they understand the gamification aspect of it. They understand the psychology of it. They will jack whatever they need to. They'll take from something that's working. So they added filters like Instagram back in 2018. They saw that it was working. They pulled it over onto their form. They added Tinder Plus. Got a lot of people on it from there. Tinder Boost, Tinder Gold, Top Picks, Swipe Night, Tinder Platinum. They every time add something that is supposed to give you a leg up over the competition. And it's worked. With each new addition, they have grown to now the point where they have 520 million users worldwide. Tinder makes it a numbers game, right? And it's fast and it's furious and it stresses a style over substance. There's even people that write your profile for you for a fee. The promise to give you the maximum traction. Tinder has recognition, user penetration, and it's part of Match.com, which is just a dating conglomerate. So whatever data they collect about you from Tinder goes to all of the other dating apps that they use. And they also sell it to third parties. They're making money in various ways just for having your attention, whether you pay or not. That's why they can have the freemium model. Dating apps also are relatively pain-free way to, air quotes, meet people. You're just swiping right or left. There's no, unless they ghost you, unless you actually get to the date phase and they ghost you, there's no damage to your ego whatsoever. You're just picking what you like and don't like. You don't really have that much skin in the game. An app really just offers you lots of options. They have large number of people for you to scroll through, and it takes you time to scroll through them. It's somewhat dehumanizing for you to just sit there and scroll through all of these pictures and read these profiles that may be complete lies. All I'm saying is that combined, dating apps last year made almost $5 billion, three of which came from all of the different things that Match Group owns. It's a huge sector, and that's with half the available singles not even using them. And yes, there's a lot of science that goes into most of them, but regardless, science has not reached a point where they can produce near-perfect matches. It's still hit or miss, and there's a better-than-average chance that most of the science that's done by the research and development departments of these big companies is on how to keep you on their apps versus getting you that happily ever after that you're looking for. And happily ever after is complicated. Back in the 1920s, they came up with this idea of 
scientific dating. And since then, we've continued to have all the matchmakers, classified ads, marriage services, and now apps. It's 100 years, 100 years, and we still haven't figured it out, largely because we haven't figured it out ourselves individually. I'm not here to chase you off the apps. There's people that are using apps in different ways, ways that the app designer didn't intend. And they're using the apps just to make friends, just to meet people and go out and do things. But I do want to point out and remind you of the obvious. On an app, you're both the customer and the product. Too many options is worse than not enough options. At the end of the day, I'm going to put my money on you once you take the time to sort yourself out. Don't get tricked into the belief that the person you're looking for is on the app and you just have to spend hour after hour scrolling until you finally find them. Don't be afraid to just do it old school and walk up to somebody and introduce yourself. Gotta run. I'll catch you next week. We'll do it all over again. If you like what you heard, tell a friend. If you didn't like what you heard, tell an enemy it was amazing. If you want to drop me a line, you can find me on Instagram at sidepiece underscore season. As always, be good to yourself. Be good to others. Peace. All of this is designed to keep you from experiencing. Oh.